Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Peng is a 58-year-old male with GERD and hypertension who doesn't exercise. His ASCVD risk score is 7.7%. A few years ago, you recommended he start taking 81 milligrams of aspirin a day to help prevent adverse cardiovascular outcomes. He calls today because he heard on the news that maybe taking aspirin is no longer recommended, and he wants to know if he should keep taking it. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today to discuss aspirin is Dr. Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Associate Dean of Interprofessional and Community Partnerships at the Tang Ching Fen Graduate School of Nursing at the UMass Chan Medical School. How you doing, Jill? I'm doing great, Frank. Oh, well, thanks for joining me today to talk about aspirin. I think that this is something that we've asked for a long time, so I'm thrilled to be hearing more about it and hearing your thoughts on it. So um, back in 2016, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force gave a B-grade recommending aspirin to be used for the primary prevention of cardiovascular disease and colorectal cancer for those aged 50 to 59 who have a 10% or greater 10-year ASCVD risk score. And those who are included in that were those who are not at increased risk for bleeding and have a life expectancy of at least 10 years. For those over 60, they gave a C recommendation, recommending shared decision-making for those who have a 10% or greater risk. And for those under 50 or over 70, they gave an I insufficient rating regarding aspirin for the primary prevention. They coupled this with the American Heart Association's lipid guidelines, which led us to aggressively use the ASCVD risk calculator to determine who needs primary prevention. In 2019, a number of uh, trials were done that led the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association to reconsider aspirin for primary prevention. These were the ASCEND, Esprit, and ARRIVE trial. And they found that there was conflicting evidence about the benefit, but very clear evidence of serious adverse GI bleed risk. And the American Heart Association concluded that low-dose aspirin may be considered for the primary prevention of ASCVD among adults age 40 to 70 who possess a high ASCVD risk but remain at low risk for GI bleeding. And they recommended no one over 70 get aspirin. So that's the current, that was the current state of affairs. And... And that is probably what led you to recommend that Peng start on low-dose aspirin. Yep, that's right. But now, just this past week, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force issued a draft recommendation that's sort of changing this based upon these new clinical trials. They now say for those 40 to 59 who are at higher risk of cardiovascular disease, and I interpret that as having an ASCVD risk score over 10, that shared decision-making be used, not aspirin. They also recommend that people over age 60 
not take aspirin unless they have known heart disease because of the increased risk of GI bleeds. And for all, they say aspirin should not be recommended for the primary prevention of adults at any age who are at increased risk of bleeding. When you were talking to Peng or any of your patients, do you talk about your calculator? Do you talk about using the ASCVD risk score and what it means and how it guides your practice? I do. I tell them the risk score all the time. And and to do that, you, you kind of have to, it helps facilitate the shared decision making. So um, here's the actual data. Um, when you use aspirin for the primary prevention of heart disease, the number needed to treat to prevent one adverse event among adults age 40 to 59 is 265, meaning 265 adults have to take aspirin, uh, 81 milligrams a day, to prevent one adverse event. Now, that adverse event is most commonly MI, but it did not reduce all-cause mortality. Here's the thing. The number needed to harm was 210, meaning that the harms happen more frequently than the benefits. And thus, they've concluded that it's probably somewhat dangerous. So I actually use those numbers and the ASCVD risk calculator when I discuss, uh, when I do shared decision-making um, with patients. Now, the only real cliffhanger here is what to do with our diabetic patients for primary prevention. There is some data that it does help improve some outcomes. And I've actually asked a couple of endocrinologists their thoughts, and I think they're hesitant to move away of recommending aspirin. But since diabetes is certainly included in your ASCVD risk calculator, uh, my guess is those who get over 10% who are between uh, 40 and 59 may be uh, the population to consider. That's great, Frank. I mean, we've we've talked about low-dose aspirin, the different populations, and now here's more data. And how do you overcome what, what patients hear on the media and what may contribute to lessening heart attacks, which aspirin seems to have been very popular, and it's an over-the-counter, it's a smaller dose. And how are you going to talk to Peng? I know you're going to use shared decision-making, how are you going to transition him? I'm going to probably tell him that I'm thrilled he's interested in trying to prevent heart disease. But I'll say there's a number of other ways we know that are much safer and provide a high degree of benefit. And there are things we've talked about many times before. We have great data that 8,000 steps a day will lower adverse cardiac events across the board and improve all-cause mortality. If people can't get 8,000 steps a day, they can do a four-minute high-intensity interval training or try to find 20 minutes five days a week to do moderate level of aerobic activity. For patients who have high BMIs, trying to get their BMI out of the obese range is a great first step. But if people are way overweight, just a 5% weight loss per year can have a dramatic effect on all-cause mortality. How do I help people lose weight? A diet high in non-starchy vegetables, lots of fresh fruit, fatty fish twice a week, and trying not to smoke or helping people learn to stop smoking. Those are, those are my current methods. Um, I think that's where we have to go. Aspirin's a great idea for people with known heart disease, but for primary prevention, to me, it looks like it's day has passed, and we should probably switch our patients who are on it to some other approach. 
That's great, Frank. And again, lessening the number of medications our patients take is, is always a benefit. Especially where one has the potential to cause a high, severely adverse effect. Thanks so much. I appreciate your help this morning, Jill. You're welcome, Frank. Practice pointer. While aspirin for primary heart disease prevention lowers myocardial infarction risk, its harmful effects make using aspirin more dangerous than beneficial. Join us next time when we discuss the role of DOAX in the treatment of valvular atrial fibrillation. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.